0: the past uh couple of months um so the the lord reminded me when i was preparing for you know for today's service to remind you he reminded me to remind you that it changes nothing um you know just to help a few people who don't know the background of this whole message it changes nothing so each and every year we get to share on the message it changes nothing uh, from the very beginning the Lord ministered to me um, just a few months when we started that it doesn't matter what you go through, it changes really nothing. And he took me to a scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, when those who, the gods who were guarding Jesus, were told by the priests, the high priests, to say that the disciples came and stole him while we were sleeping um, so that they discredited the very fact that Jesus rose up from the dead. And the Bible says even until now, you know, at the point that it was written, that word is going all over Israel that while the gods were sleeping, he was stolen. But it doesn't change the fact that he rose up from the dead. So God said to me, People can spread lies, and usually the people who spread lies are people who know the truth. And they deliberately withhold the truth in order to advance an agenda. So, God says it didn't change the fact that He rose up from the dead. So, whether people went around and people believed it that the disciples stole Him while, you know, there was, I mean, the disciples stole Him while the guards were sleeping, it didn't change. It changed nothing. He rose up from the dead. So, so today we, we are here just to remind each other there's a lot that is going on in the world and somebody is thinking whether the vaccine is going to be safe or not. somebody's trying to think whether they're going to temper with our DNA or not. Are we going to die or not? I, I'm here to remind you it doesn't change anything. It just changes nothing. Whether they temper with our DNA, we have the DNA of God in our system that cannot be tempered with. Whether they play around with the body, they can play around with the body, but it doesn't change the fact that we are God's children. Jesus says, do not be afraid of them that kill the flesh, that have access to your flesh. But they cannot go beyond the flesh. What a blessing to know that your spirit is sealed. What a blessing to know that you are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. What a blessing to know that where you are, there is no demon in hell, there is no principality, there is no force of darkness that can be able to temper. After all, we're going home. All right. So instead of stressing and worrying whether you should be vaccinated or not, if you want to be vaccinated, go ahead. Be vaccinated. It doesn't change anything. It's not what comes into a man that defiles a man. But it is what is coming out of a man. We have the life of God. That cannot be tampered with. It changes nothing. Come on. It doesn't make you less of a believer because you have just received a vaccine. Come on. The Bible says you drink poisonous things. They will not harm you. It changes nothing. Put poison doesn't change anything. Scorpions will bite you, doesn't change anything. Come on, the life that we have seated together with Christ in the heavenly places, far above. Do you think something that people plan in an office will affect who you are before God? So I'm just here today to remind you that it changes. Nothing. Okay? It changes nothing. There's a seat for you right here. She's my teacher, so she has to get a good seat. All right? So it doesn't change anything. It changes nothing. So go with me, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 24. People are afraid. They don't know whether they will still be alive if they do A, and they do B, they do C. If you die here, you'll be alive in God, with God. So Paul came to a conclusion and says, you know what? To die is gain, to live is Christ. Either way, we win. So why should we be stuck in a place where we are worried about the vaccine? We are worried about what's going to happen. How they'll temper with the DNA. You have the DNA of God that they cannot temper with. Is that not a greater thing? Is it not the lovely thing to meditate on? Whatsoever thing is good. Whatsoever thing is pure. Whatsoever thing is true. Whatsoever thing is of a good report. Meditate on these things. Not to go through Google and try and check which one is the safest. Look, everything has got side effects. It's only the word of God that doesn't have side effects. How about we stick to this and we look at this? We spend our time meditating on this. No side effects. Remember what we said? Nothing that enters a man defiles a man. Now. All right, are you there? Acts chapter 20. Like I said, I'm just here today to encourage you that it doesn't change anything. It changes nothing. From verse 22. Now, and now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in a city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to, unto myself, so that I might fulfill, I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul here is going to Jerusalem, having spent quite some time in Ephesus teaching and building people With the word of God. And now he was telling them that I commit you. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. That is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. And he told them that they were not going to see his face anymore. And he knew exactly what was going to happen in Jerusalem. So now he says. I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Not knowing Things, the things that shall befall me there. Right? He knew what was going to befall him. But follow this. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Okay? Save. You want to give me that? Yeah, just give me. You don't have to go via another person. Here. Thank you. Right? Save the, that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying bonds and afflictions abide me they are waiting for me in every city okay so where i am going i don't know exactly the type of affliction they are going to inflict i don't know the type but i know there is affliction waiting for me because the holy spirit witnesseth in every city, not some cities, in every city saying, bonds and afflictions, abide me. Now this is very important. We shared at some point on the importance of finishing the journey before you start the journey. If you are in a relationship, before you say, I do, You have to walk through the whole journey of marriage And then you finish it And you get to the place where you say Till death do us part Then you come back And you start And then you say I do But if you get into marriage Without walking the journey first And seeing the challenges that are there Because there will be challenges There will be days where you disagree So you have to see those days Where you are going to disagree And still say I do You have to see those days where another person is going to sleep facing the other side and another one facing the other side and still say, I do. You have to see the time where you tell her what to do and it's not done and it will frustrate you and you still say, I do. But if all you see is what you see in the movies, him opening the door for you, all right, and before leaving every time kisses you, you know, it's all rosy. If marriage was what we see in our Hollywood movies, there would not be divorces in Hollywood. There are divorces because it's called acting. It's not reality. So the very fact that Paul, you are of God and you are an apostle, does not necessarily mean that you will not be afflicted. and does not mean that you are, going, you are not going to be persecuted. And I need you to know, I'm going to get to that verse now, I need you to know, this is the Lord speaking to him, that there will be afflictions, there will be bonds, there will be persecution waiting for you in every city. So while you are going to win souls in that city, know that afflictions are also waiting for you in every city. Doesn't really sound good, right? We love it. If God is for me, I won't go through the many waters. If God is on my side, I won't be afflicted. If God is on my side, there will not be persecution. The Bible doesn't say that. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who shall be against us? Then it goes to list a whole list of things that are negative. Is it hunger? Because there may be times... When there's going to be hunger. But it doesn't have to change anything. Listen to Acts chapter 21 verse 10 to 14. Ex 21, 10 to 14. When you get this today, you will stop making those prayers. God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you turned your face away from me? And as he tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. He was a true prophet, by the way, okay? And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, not the demon, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that honeth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Paul, please do not go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye? To weep and to break mine heart. For I am ready not to be bound only. But also to die at Jerusalem. For the name. Of the Lord Jesus. It's not going to change. The program. We're still going to Jerusalem. Because what you are telling me now. Is not new. The Holy Spirit already witnesses. That in every city. It's just the nature that I do not understand. But in every city, afflictions and bonds, they await me. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying the will of the Lord be done. All right. Acts 21 verse 4. Acts 21 verse 4. It was just before the verse that we read. It says, And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Okay. Acts chapter 9, 15 to 16. This is where the whole meaning of everything that we have read is unlocked. Acts chapter 9, verse 15 to 16. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. Okay? He's talking to Ananias here. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him, I will, I the Lord will show Paul. How great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I will show him. So when Paul says, I know that in every city afflictions wait me, await me, he knew. Because the Lord had shown him that he was going to suffer greatly for his name's sake. Remember, get the part for his name's sake. It's not, it's not suffering like you have sickness and you're suffering for the name of the Lord's sake. No. It is for his name's sake. Are you following me? So now, with all this that we have read, chapter 20 is obviously after chapter 9. God had already spoken to Paul. What was going to happen? So everything else that he then went through, faced, God had already given a word. So you will suffer, you go to Jerusalem, and this is what is going to happen to you. Paul says, I'm prepared even to die because already God showed me that I am going to suffer for his name. So everything that you are now telling me now, it does not change anything. It will not change the agenda that I have. It will not change the fact that I have to be in Jerusalem. I don't care whether there are struggles that await me. I don't have a problem that people are going to persecute me. I'm still going to go to Jerusalem. What would you do if it is revealed to you that in Jerusalem you will suffer? You say it's not the will of God. Ah, you see, the whole persecution thing, it's not the will of God. I don't need to go there because the God that I save doesn't want me to go through stuff. We're raising a generation of people who think being a Christian means everything will be smooth. That's why we always point to generational cases because believers don't want to be persecuted. The moment he's persecuted, he thinks, well... There are are things that are following my bloodline I always say that If Joseph was a present day believer How many times would he go for deliverance For things that follow the bloodline Because he was sold by the brothers Things that follow That's the spirit of rejection Okay And, And now He was sold by the Ishmaelites To Potiphar That very same spirit of rejection Is following me then he gets into Potiphar's house and he is elevated and promoted. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Finally, I have dealt with the spirit of rejection. Then he's accused by Potiphar's wife. So what next now? There's, you know, everywhere you go, you are just accused. People don't just like you. There's a spirit that, that, that just, you know. So again, there's a, that, that spirit has resurfaced again. So there are believers who today are walking in the blessing. Tomorrow they are walking in a curse. Today they are walking in a blessing. You know, if, if they are poor, they will say, now that uh, the stuff are waiting for me in Jerusalem, then I am cursed. I am less of a man of God because I am going through challenges. I am going through sufferings. And I am going through persecutions. Then I am not called. So today I am called because people are born again. Tomorrow I am not called. So now he's running away. Accused. He is sent into prison without trial. Another spirit again. I don't know the names. Maybe marine spirit because you come you know, closer to the sea. Maybe it's the marine spirit that is following me. He gets into the prison. He interprets the dreams of the two guys. And he says to them, please, as you go, don't, don't forget me. Remember me. And the Bible says they went and they forgot him. It's another spirit. Where people that you have blessed and helped, they forget you. They just People just forget you. You did well for them. But they, they, they forget you. It's another spirit that you need to deal, deal with. And finally now you, are at, you have interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. Finally I am free. Completely delivered. That's the Joseph as a new believer. What makes you a man of God is the call of God over your life. When I say men of God, I'm talking to everybody. I'm not talking to titles and all that. What makes you a man of God or a child of God is the call of God over your life. The things that you go through, they do not define you. Imagine Paul praying. Look, Look at his response. Well, what you are saying to me will not send me into the prayer closet. Because the Spirit witnesses that in every city bonds and tribulations they await me. So you are not telling me anything new. I don't need to bind and curse because it was already revealed that to those who follow Jesus there is no disciple that is greater than the master. If I have been persecuted you will also be persecuted for my name's sake. So persecution is part of the game. I want you to say it. Persecution It's part of the game. You don't need to play it safe. I get a lot of attacks, especially on Facebook. Um, and, And someone asked me, why is it you don't delete when people attack you? I said, there's no point for me to delete. Because that's part of the game. You know, I told you what God told me when he called me. He says, I'm not calling you to be famous. I'm calling you to fulfill an assignment. And at at that time I didn't know what he meant that's why fame is not part of the game what I saw is a fulfilled ministry okay not the fame if the quarrel in your house changes everything about your marriage then there's a problem you must come to a place where you quarrel and you say it changes nothing honey I still love you it changes nothing because I saw it before I said I do. That we will go through stuff. That's why I say till death do us part. Not, not till an argument. Not till another chick walks past. Not through another yellow bone. Not through you know another, another slave queen. Till death. So it doesn't matter what I'm going to go through. We will go through it together. Our problems, whether we are hungry or we are full, it doesn't change anything. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who shall be against us? It changes nothing. So after all these warnings, he says, I'm still going to Jerusalem. Because God already spoke to me. Afflictions await me in every city that I'm going to go. And Jerusalem is not an exception. I'm going to go there. Because I don't need a good environment in order for me to fulfill my ministry. Don't be. I repeat the same thing again. Don't be where you are appreciated. People say, you know, you need to be at a place where you are appreciated. No, be where God wants you to be. Whether you are appreciated or not. No, 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 you know you, you know, you just have to be where you are appreciated. If people don't appreciate you, walk away, find a place where you are appreciated. No one was called by God to appreciate you. It's not a spiritual gift to appreciate you. God never called me to appreciate you. And God never called you to appreciate me. God gave you an assignment, a ministry. We are all ministers of a new covenant. Whether we are appreciated or not, Jesus, they wanted to stone him. Imagine saying, I'm heading back to heaven because you guys, I'm coming here, you are not appreciating me, so I'm I'm not going to die for you. You're going to feel it. Up until you learn to appreciate me, then I'll come and die for you. It doesn't work like that. You don't fulfill ministry because people are clapping their hands. You fulfill ministry because God sent you and gave you an assignment. Whether there are afflictions waiting for me in Jerusalem, it doesn't change anything. When I was going through fire... Okay, let me give you a bit of my story. I think I was 20. Then I got into ministry. Like, I, I was already done with Bible college. So I was posted, you know, at some place. It was called Saza. Right? Very remote area. Very remote area. And I used to walk with a bag on my back for 30 kilometers to go and preach. 25 kilometers on a, with a bag on my back on my own. All they could give me was a 2 you know the 2 kg of sugar, that, that they will put um, they call it what? Peanuts. Peanuts. Mixed with salt. They will put their pasta as you go. Eat on the way. I've got my bag at the back with my blanket and everything there and I'm walking. You, you imagine until you stop. You pray until, until you are blank and you are just walking. You, walk, you just walk. You think of your tomorrow. You think of the past. You think of everything. Then I went. I, I, I got to another home. sat there, preach to them. And for the effort of moving from a house to a house. You know those houses they are not close to each other. Like knock, 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 knock. You walk. Two kilometers or a kilometer to get to another house. Preach there. And nobody said yes to Jesus. I remember I went down and lied on a big rock and said, God, you didn't call me. If you called me, why is it no one is saying yes to you? You see? I had not seen it. All I saw were multitudes. You need to be able to see that there will be a day where you come to church to preach and there is no one. No one. Will you still preach or you will change the message when there's one person in the church? If you cannot see it, Paul says, everything you're telling me will not change anything because God prepared me. I saw this. It doesn't change anything. Got up again, my back on my back, let's go to the next home. I saw miracles like I've never seen. People who were crazy. You know? Insane. Tied on chains. I go to one woman and I say, you know what? Untie him. Laid my hands on him. He was whole. Perfected. Asked him to go and bath himself. He went. Cleansed himself. Perfectly fine. It was at that place. One day, God, did you call me? The other day, I feel like I'm a man of God. You see? You see how, how we work? Ah, God, you didn't call me? Oh, I'm a man of God now. Look what is happening. People are getting healed. The blind eyes are opening. Thank you, Jesus. Upon us, The dead are coming back to life. Thank you, Jesus. What happens when they are not? When you lay hands on them and nothing happens. You see the problem of feeling? Will you feel cold or not? You have to say it changes nothing. It changes nothing. When you come to your house and there's nothing on the table, you gather your children and say it changes nothing. He is the provider. His name is still the same. He still loves us. He still provides. You believe in God for healing for years. Come on. Tell that devil speaking to you and condemning you. You are not walking in faith. That's why you are not being healed. Tell him that it does not change anything. It doesn't change that. the God is the healer and he heals all my diseases. You came too late because everything was put in my spirit. I may not know as yet how to release what is in my spirit to manifest in the physical. But it doesn't change the fact that he is enthroned and he remains God. He is not God because you have got a meal at your house. He is God because he is God and he is good. He is not good because you have got a nice adidas. He is good because he is God. Doesn't change anything. Whether I have nothing, doesn't change anything. I have plenty, doesn't change anything. What an attitude. I'm loved by God. I don't have to feel it. I know it. Whether they fire me from work, they retrenched me, this whole thing, it doesn't change anything. I'm loved by God. The Bible says his name, our names are tattooed. On the palm of his hands. It's difficult to remove a tattoo. Imagine God putting the tattoo. We will see that there was a tattoo. You tried so hard to remove it, but it was there. So God says, my name, I, your names, I tattooed them. On the palm of my hand. As a reminder, always... I love you. So the lesson that Paul was teaching them is that it doesn't change anything, guys. Thank you, stop weeping. You're actually making my heart very heavy because of your weeping, not because I'm going. You know why it doesn't change anything? Because when I'm in prison, I'll still write to you who are free that rejoice in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. My joy is not connected to my circumstances. But it is connected to the finished work of Calvary. What he did in me, whether I have it or I don't, rejoice in the Lord. A free person, telling, or a bound person telling the free to be free. Come on, church. When are we going to get a place in our minds where we know that our joy is not connected to our circumstances but to what he did for us where we come here on a Sunday and we say only Jesus only Jesus only to satisfy Every bad day becomes a blessing when I know the Lord is mine. We lift up our hands and we go back home with a smile because it doesn't change anything. I'll give you a good example of your pastors. Remember what God told me when I heard the good news that they're carrying a child? God told me that the child is not the miracle. I don't know It's you. if God told you something else, praise the Lord. What he told me is that the child is not the miracle. Because we have children that we never prayed for. So the child is not the miracle. The miracle is the believing. The not wavering. The standing on the word of God. Their smile, their smiles never changed. Their confession never changed. Their faith never changed. They told you, don't go out there and say, Oh, our pastors, they, they are barren, they don't have children. Right? Nothing changed. It changed nothing. Now, how many of us were going to always say, God, you've forsaken me? If you really, really, really love me. God. Prove it. And, and we, uh, people go as far as saying, if you don't do it, you are the one who is going to be ashamed. Hey! God will never be ashamed. You think if you're not driving, God is ashamed? God is in heaven. Oh! What God has done is so much. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Come on church, on your way to Jerusalem, do you know what awaits you? Doesn't change anything. So he says, rejoice in the Lord, I say again, rejoice. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He is not celebrating the problem, he is glorying in. While he's in the problem, it's not changing his move, mood. He's not celebrating that, oh, persecution is coming. I'm so excited. You know, that I'm um, being persecuted. No. In the persecution, I will glory. What did God say? My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Not sufficient to take away all your problems. Sufficient, sufficient to keep you. And protect you. And preserve you as you suffer for the name of the Lord's sake. So I wrote you, a prison of free, it changed nothing. doesn't change anything. Don't doubt your assignment because of what you're going through. Don't doubt the love of God for you because of what you're going through. Like I started saying, with all these things that is happening in the world, the chaos, the information that is coming through, it should not get you to a place where you think, uh, or where you're worried, where you are confused. What shall it be for my children? What is going to be like tomorrow? If the vaccine comes, am I going to be vaccinated or not? Doesn't change anything. They are planning. We are also planning. If they plan to kill us all, we will die. We go to heaven. So what? Changes nothing. Don't we, even, don't we want to go to heaven after all? We want to. <laughs> People ask me when this whole lockdown thing started, Pastor, we're receiving a lot of things and we are scared. What is it going to be like? I said, you know what? My, my conclusion to this whole thing is that whether they want to kill us in our homes or not, isn't it exactly what we want? If God gives us another chance, we'll share the gospel. We won't talk about the vaccine. We'll talk about the gospel. If it so happens that we die, we go to, to the Lord. It doesn't change anything. Are you guys hearing me today? If you lose your child today, it should not change anything. Because your relationship with God is not connected to your child. If you lose your loved one, it does not have to change anything. Because your loved one is not in any way connected to your relationship with God. If if they are, then you got it all wrong. If if you come to church because everything is good, and when everything goes bad, you don't come. We don't see you. Look, it's not our problem. Maybe one of your idols died. I'm very bland. Uh, let me tell you, I'm very blunt. I, I say it as it is. I don't go this way. I just go direct. Because we can make idols of stuff. If you make your job an idol, the source of your joy, the source of your fulfillment, the source of your identity, when you lose it, everything about you shudders as if God is not the provider. The Bible does not say your job is the source It says God is the source. Take everything away from me. God sometimes uses my job to provide. But in the event that my job is not there, I lift up my eyes. It doesn't change anything. Now, if everything is changed because you just got retrenched, the Bible says cursed is a man who puts his trust in man. But blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord. Because those who trust in the Lord, they are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word abides forever. So we'll stick to the word of God, stand on the word of God, make it our foundation So that when the wind comes, when the storms come, we will say it doesn't change anything in the midst of the storm. We will take a rest. We will lay down on a pillow because we don't need good conditions to rest. We need a right position to rest. We don't need the calm sea in order for us to rest. It's not the circumstances that make us rest. We don't call ourselves blessed because there's a million in the account. We are blessed because he said so. If you look at your account and you look at it and it says, I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day of my life, I am blessed. Let like go. Nine zeros. When I wake up in the morning, till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. Then when it is zero, zero, I am cast. I am cast. We don't say it, but that's what we. Come on, God's blessing in our lives is not like a yo-yo today is there, tomorrow is there. It's a firm foundation. And whatever happens, it will not change anything because we are built on the rock; the foundation is solid. What I like about that story in Mark chapter is it chapter five, four, somewhere there, the calming of the storm. What I like about that is that the calmness. that was pronounced by Jesus benefited even those who were around him and they didn't even know that the storm was calmed by a man in another boat. You see, when you start resting, your life Will affect your rest will affect other people. Sometimes people are panicking around you. <laughs> Everybody's panicking around you, because you're also panicking. Start resting. They' will feed from your rest. They're like, "If that man is resting with all that he is going through, what is it that is making him rest? I'll also rest." Because we rest in the Lord. So while he was in prison, Paul wrote letters. He still preached. Doesn't change anything. I'm still writing letters. I'm still being a blessing. Now I'm just going to ask you one quick question, then we conclude. What is it in your life, as you're thinking now, that if it goes wrong, your whole life is wrong? One thing that you said, Pastor, if this one just gets messed up, I'm gone. I went for a missionary trip in Cameroon at one point. (laughs) One thing, they will say, you will see Pepe. (laughs) One thing, if it gets wrong, then you will see Pepe. Pepe is like chilies, you see fire. One thing that you say, Pastor, If this. When I was there in Cameroon, I was involved in an accident. Our car overturned that I was in. And my back here, you know it's tar, tar road. It's like on the side where I was. That's where the car went. My side here. I was so calm. I don't even know how it happened. I was so calm. And eventually when the car stopped, I got out. The people was... You know, had broken hands, legs, whatever. And I got a call. My wife was here. I didn't go with her on that trip, so she's like, "Don't you think it's time for you to come back home? You're not in a good condition. Um, it was bad, bad. I w- when I mean bad, the hospital there was a hospital close by that had nothing. In order for you to be treated, you had to pay first. Nothing was agent. They were." No emergence section. They had to cut off my flesh. I told them, cut it off. I was seated there. No, no, what? That thing that causes you to be numb? No, yes. Because that money we had to pay for someone. We had a bigger problem. And they said, Are you sure? He says, Yeah, go ahead. And seated there. Then she says, Honey, don't you think you need to come? Then that's when I said, Atimiri, we will not stop. Even if we are stopped, we will not stop until we finish the assignment. Still carried on with the assignment. I refused to come back. Says, I'm not coming back. Because if I come back, then the devil has stopped me from doing the assignment. Still went in the next city. Still proclaimed Jesus as Lord. The conditions were not fine. But the assignment had to be taken care of. We had to fulfill the assignment. The accident changed nothing. The food. The food, it was terrible for me. Well, for them it was awesome. It was terrible for me. But it didn't change anything. I had an assignment that I needed to fulfill. Whether things are fine or things are bad. They were speaking French. I speak English. I needed to go with someone to interpret. It didn't change anything it changes nothing stopped at every checkpoint saved by soldiers it didn't change anything we have to do the work in your life you should be saying god you have received an assignment you have deployed me in my area of calling whether at your workplace god has deployed you right there to be an ambassador for the kingdom Right? You should be able to say to that devil, I don't, I don't care what I'm going to go through. It will not change the fact that I'm an ambassador of God. I'm not coming there until I fulfill the assignment. I've got an assignment to fulfill. Are you able to fulfill the assignment on an empty stomach? It should change nothing. Paul says 39 stripes, 40 minus 1 left in persecutions. Hunger, in fastings, in trials, in tribulations, but we still kept on going. Then he says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Stand, please, if you can. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Struck down, but not abandoned. We're carrying in us the treasure of God. The world is waiting for you to manifest but let me tell you, could I mention that, that scripture, that this world, this present evil world. God did not say this world is saved. He says this world is evil. He delivered us from the present evil world. The world is evil. Peter stood up and talked about who will deliver us from this perverse generation. The world is terrible. The world is bad. Don't think that the world will kiss you and hug you all the time. The devil is not dead. He's not dead. If the Egyptians drown in the sea, don't think that that's all there is. There are others after there that you're going to meet. There are Amorites, there are Hittites, there are Hevites, there are Jebusites, there are Canaanites that you have to dispossess. Look, In his presence, we will shine. We will reign. In the midst of persecution, we will make Jesus famous. We will raise the banner of the Lord. We will raise the name of the Lord. Did you hear the chief justice? It doesn't matter what they say to me. My faith, I will proclaim. But you are scared to proclaim your faith where you are, where God has planted you. The work of the ministry is not what we only do here, ushering and serving and all that. The work of the ministry is out there, where we need to affect the world. The world is waiting for us to manifest. Why are you quiet? We are quiet because we are scared. We want to fit in. We want to fit in. So our faith is our personal thing. Well, it's my personal thing. I'll share it with you. If you don't want it, it's okay. But I'll make make it known to you. I fear nothing. Jesus says you will be persecuted. We are not saying go out there and look for persecution. But if you begin to follow Jesus, they will persecute you. If you begin to do the work, not just to be a a believer, but when you begin to be a disciple of Jesus, they will persecute you. They will call you names and your response should always be, it changes nothing. Though the fig tree may not blossom, even if there are no cattle in the crawl change is nothing change is nothing absolutely nothing job no job enthroned hungry fool enthroned and laughed Changes nothing when people come and say you've got spirits following you you tell them my friend I'm born again I'm not defined by what I go through I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm loved. You wanna sing something, Bennett?